today you are the lifter of our heads. Lord, we're facing some unprecedented time, but Father, you're the one that gives strength to the believer. God, you are our focus, you are our hope, you are our stay, God, you are our strength. Lord, in a dark hour, Father, we as sons and daughters of God, Lord, we petition you, Lord, we petition your throne. Be our hope, O oh God. Give us strength in a wicked hour, Lord. Give us resilience, Father. Oh God, may you strengthen a believer today, Lord. You see the attack of the enemy, Lord. Cancer on the loose, Lord. Sicknesses on the loose. But, oh God, when we see the enemy coming in like a flood, you said you'd raise a standard. Lord, this word is a standard, and we're your people, Father. We believe this word, and we're thankful for the message you've given us in this hour. Lord, we just invite you this morning. You would come and be the voice. You would come and be the preacher. God, anoint the lips to speak only the things of life. But not only the lips, oh God, but may you anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit would have to be said. We love you now, Father. We commit this service to your care. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles this morning. Amen. Well, let's have church. Woo, I don't know if that scared you, but it scared me. My, my, my. If I was not nervous enough. So we just want to greet you this morning. You know, uh, many months ago, I knew I was going to be taking this Labor Day service, and the Lord put this thought on my heart many months ago, and I've been studying on it. And this today is actually the wrapping up of all the services that I did on the Word we bring forth. And I want to speak to you this morning on manifested sons. And I believe that's what God's whole intention was, even in the back part of his mind before there was ever an earth, there was ever a molecule ever expressed. God had you and I in his thoughts, and he was looking for this day that there would be a time that he would have sons and daughters of God that would manifest his very same spirit. And I believe we're living in that day today. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Romans 8 and verse 12. And as you're turning there, just want to say, God bless you, Brother Adam, Sister Bethany. It's good to have you with us this morning. Welcome home, Adam. You always have a place here at Evening Light Tabernacle, you and your family. We, we certainly miss you, but we know you're a blessing where you are. And we wouldn't try to steal the blessing from the little church there, but we're just glad that they could share you this weekend with us. And we trust that something to be said that would bless you and your family today and, and for each of us that are here. We look here and we find in Romans 8, the Bible says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Notice, we're not have received, we've not received the spirit of bondage or, or slavery to fear anymore, but we've received the spirit of adoption. And that word adoption there is the placing of sons. Notice, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And here in verse 16, and the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit itself, bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. It so be that you suffer with him, that you may also that you may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. And this is where we're drawing our context this morning. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. God bless you. You can have your seats this morning. 
<clears throat> and I, like Brother, Brother Mike, we uh, just want to say appreciate each and every one of you being here. I know that there's meetings going on around the United States today, some there in Dallas with Brother Danny and Brother Ron, so I appreciate each of you that are here this morning. I know we're a little bit smaller group than normal, but I believe that we're not necessarily worried about the size of the congregation, it's the quality. And I believe you're a quality people who love this word and love the message. So if you'll just get behind the message this morning, I promise you I'll only preach what the Lord lays on my heart. So we look here in verse 17, the Bible says, if children, how many of us are children now? We're offspring of God. If children, then heirs. And heirs of God and joint heirs. So notice, we're just as eternal as God is. We're joint heirs with him. We're just as mortal as God is immortal. We get to enter into his joy. We get to sit down with him in his throne. We get to partake of him and his glory. We get to uh, inherit all things that he inherits. Notice, he shares his kingdom with us. So we're joint heirs with him. Everything that he has done, he has done it with the mindset that he's going to share his kingdom with his church, with his bride. And you are that bride. You are that church. And we find here, but here's where I want to focus on this morning is Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation, that phrase, earnest expectation, it signifies the lifting up of the head and the stretching of the body. How many turkey hunters do we have in here this morning? Come on, somebody. I'm the only one? Okay, well, we got one or two. And the turkey hunting, let me just say, this is what happens when you turkey hunt. You get out there early in the morning. It's about before daybreak, and you just sit there, and you're listening. And all of a sudden, you may do a hoot owl call, and you're expecting. You start listening. You start stretching that ear. That extra six inches is going to help you hear any better. But you're stretching it out, trying to hear the call of that gobbler back on the other end. And this is what we're saying here is that, that the earnest expectation, reaching out, listening with a earnest desire, the creature waited for the revealing or the manifestation of sons. Now, this earnest expectation is a very great earnestness of desire and expectation, of vehement longing after. Notice, all of creation is waiting for this moment. And now here the earnestness is waiting. It's all come down through seven church ages. Now it's come down to the final church age. The final voice is sounded out. And there's a people in the land who's under an earnest expectation with their ears outstretched to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to this age. Notice the earnest expectation here of the creature waited for the manifestation. Notice the manifestation of that word means the appearance or the revealing of the sons of God. No longer are we going to kick the can down the road and wait for sons to come. Notice we're living in the moment. We're living in the day. We're living in the time where there will be sons of God that will be manifested. They will declare to this generation that we are the sons of God. How do you know? Because the very same spirit, the very same life, the very same power the very same anointing will begin to flow out through them and they are under an earnest expectation to reveal to this generation that we are sons of God. That we are the manifestation of all the prophecies. We are the fulfillment. We are the culmination. It's come down to this moment, brother and sister. And no longer is God waiting for you to come. You are here. Oh my 
I told myself I got to just slow down and calm down this morning. Notice the creature, he says, is watching as with an outstretched head waiting for the future unveiling. Now, this is Paul. Paul is speaking this in Romans, and he was speaking about what they were going to be doing. They were waiting through seven church ages for the revealing. We're in the end. We are in the revealing of the sons of God, the manifestation. We're not looking for another messenger. We're not looking for another age. We're not looking for sons of God to be manifested. We are the sons of God that are being manifested. Romans 8 and verse 21, it says, because notice now, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. The creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into a glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole, everything, all types of creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, we which had the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the change or the redemption of our bodies. So all of creation is waiting. All of creation is groaning. All of creation is waiting for man to get back in a perfect condition. So we understand that in the beginning, God created man in his own likeness, in his own image. And God took that perfect creation and he placed him in a perfect garden. There was no sin. There was no thunderstorms. There was no heat waves. It wasn't 105 degrees. It didn't get below zero. It was a, it was a perfect condition. And Brother Brown would tell us in the fellowship through reconciliation of the blood. He said, in the beginning when God made man in his own image, he put him in the garden of Eden. He had a perfect fellowship. In the late of the afternoon, the evening time when the twilight was falling, I can see great Jehovah come across the top of the palm trees and the the roaring of the thunder when Adam and Eve gathered out there in the great open air cathedral and they worshiped God and had fellowship and they talked with him. The lion and the tigers all coming up around in perfect harmony. Notice this Eden. Notice this condition. Notice, wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live, abiding place where there's no sickness? Come on, somebody. No sorrow. No way of ever being upset. Everything's in perfect harmony. God in harmony with his creature and the creature in harmony with his maker. He said, what a perfect time, a complete fellowship. That's the way God intended. See, man in the beginning when he was made, he... God made, him a, God made him a God. He was absolutely a God. For He was in the image of God, being a son of God. And then he was an heir of all that God is. And man was given a domain. The domain was the earth. He says, you have power over the fish. You have power over the fowls of the air. Over everything he could speak and everything obeyed him. Because why? He was a God. He said he wasn't universal God, but he was a God. Now, and he had rulership and dominion. He was a king or a king ruler and that was man but we find when sin first came in the garden of Eden man was in a perfect state until he fell and then he marred his perfection he marred his inheritance with God his fellowship was cut away from God and he goes brother Bram says in the fellowship with God he says now I can see little Eve with her 
those beautiful eyes now, after sin had set in, tears filled them. They run down her cheek. I can see Adam with those strong eyes as he looked across Eden. The soft winds blowing where he had to make beasts obey him. And the winds and the waves to obey him. Everything else had to obey him. He had full rulership over the earth. But he realized that he had lost his fellowship with God. And the tears to show him that now he was mortal. Dripped off his face and they run down over his bosom and they dripped into, the, into Eve's head. Notice, man was in a perfect condition. Creation was in a perfect condition. Botany life, beast life, everything was in a perfect condition until sin fell. Until sin came, marred the program. And from this time, botany life has been waiting for the manifestation of sons. Beast life, animal life has been waiting for the manifestation of sons until sons of God will get back to a perfect eternal condition to where there's no death, there's no sorrow, there's no pain, nothing but perfection. And all of creation has been groaning, has been lamenting, groaning, waiting for the moment, waiting through seven church ages that there would finally come a people, there would finally come one, that they will be what? The manifestation of all that's been declared that God will send forth the bride. They will take God at his word and they will become the very word made flesh. And all of creation has been waiting. Look, church, when you look outside and you see the trees bending over because of the heat, they're waiting on you to get back in position. When you look at the grass out there that's dying because of the heat, they're waiting on you to get in position. Oh, everything is waiting on this bride to get in her godly position so that she can manifest himself through you in this hour. Everything's waiting. Everything has been waiting on us. Notice, and I believe there's a place in the Bible that those on the other side are waiting. That they without us can't be made perfect. We are the finishing of the work. Come on, somebody. We are. Quit kicking the can down the road. Quit looking at your mistakes. Quit looking at your failures. And start looking to what the word. I am the finished product. I'm everything that God declared that I was going to be. I may not be in full manifestation yet, but I believe the word. The word's already been spoke over me. And I'm going to manifest everything that he says I'm going to manifest. I'm going to say amen to the word. I'm going to believe the word. I may not understand it. I may not be able to figure it out. All out, but that's not what God is asking us to do. He's asking you to believe because every bit, everybody, all the creation is waiting for this moment, for this people that come to their revelation that I am a son of God. Oh, I say glory to God this morning. What a people we should be. Everything is hinging on you this morning. Not to put any pressure on you, but you got a job to do. You got to fulfill the scripture. Mama, that's me. Have you ever looked in the mirror and you thought, man, I wish I could be a little bit thinner. I wish I could have a few less wrinkles. I wish I could have a little bit more hair. Oh, but one day we're going to look in that mirror and it's all going to come back. The wrinkles are going to vanish. Oh, you're going to be in a perfect body. Come on, somebody. My, your hair is going to be the right color. 
You're going to have good vision again. You're going to have good hearing again. And you're going to look at it and say, Mama, that's me. And God's going to say, yes, that's you. I've been longing for this moment. I've been waiting for this hour. To sons and daughters of God, they step out of the time element and they step into eternity, into a glorified body, a well body, a miraculous body. Oh, that's what he's been longing for, the manifestation of the sons of God. God has been waiting on you to come. I say, wait no longer, Father. We're here. We're here to manifest this word. We're here to declare we're not a denomination, but we are sons and daughters of God. The Amplified Bible would tell us in Romans 8 19, it says, For even the whole creation, all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's Son, sons to be made known. They wait for the revealing and the disclosing of their sonship. The scripture's 2009 interpretation. That's a, that's a translation. It says, for the intense longing of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of Elohim. Anxiously looking with outstretched heads. Looking. Oh my. Brother Bram says, now all of creation is groaning. Everything is groaning. Look at the trees, how they struggle. Look at the flowers, how they struggle for life. Just for the frost to tear them down. Look at the trees, how they struggle to hold their branches out, to sing glories unto God. Everything, all nature, all animal, all birds, how he flies from the enemy quickly and gets away. Everything groaning. And we ourselves, said Paul, we groan too with them for we are waiting for the redemption of our bodies. See, everything is waiting on the sons of God to get back in the right position. See, man is God's highest form of creation. And when God created man, he created him in his image. And God had an intention in the beginning to have a family. But we find the fall came and marred the plan of God, or so the devil thought that it did. But God knew that he had attributes that laid on the inside of him to be a healer. So he had to have man to come into a fallen state so he can heal the body. And he had all these different attributes. And ever since the fall, the, all of creation has been waiting to get back into an Eden experience. Come on, church. Botany life is waiting on the manifestation of sons. Animal life is waiting on the manifestation of sons. And if botany life and animal life are waiting for the manifestation of sons, then what about sons? Then what about us this morning? What about us who are created in the image of God? Shouldn't we be under an earnest expectation? Shouldn't we be coming to every service as if this may be the service that I catch the revelation? And maybe not only for me, but for my child. Maybe for that wayward loved one. Maybe this is the service where I quit worrying about it. I don't have no more fear anymore. I'm resting in the eternal plan of God that they are sons of God. They are daughters of God. And they may go a long time before they ever recognize that they are sons. But the word's already been spoken over them. And they're going to come back. Oh, that seat may be empty this morning, but it ain't can always be empty. Because why? Because we got a promise. Prodigals will come home. I say, oh, glory to God this morning. That's our word. That's our promise. Don't you let go of that. Don't you let the devil take that promise from you this morning. We got a word. And we're going to manifest that word. Notice there's an earnest expectation in the heart of every believer this morning for the manifestation to reveal that I am 
a son of God. I am. I'm a son of God. Back to where the sons of God are back in speaking terms with the Father. Oh, my. Think about that. Back to where we step out of these old, dying, decaying bodies of mortality, and we step into an immortal body. Boy, I feel like Brother Jewel Forney. Won't it be a time? Man, I looked at my hands, and my hands looked new. I looked at my feet, and my feet did too. Won't it be a time? Oh, won't it be a glorious Oh, this is what we've been longing for, church. I don't know about you, but ever since I became a Christian, I've been longing for that day. I heard about a rapture, but every day that we've surpassed or we go through is one day closer until we meet that body change. Oh, won't it be a time? Won't it be a time when we step out of these decaying bodies and we step into a glorified body? No more pain, no more sickness, no more disappointment, no more struggles. Oh, won't it be a time, church, manifesting sons of God oh my Paul will tell us all of creation all of creation is waiting groaning under an expectancy to see the divine end the divinely appointed end see the scriptures have been pointing to this day all the scriptures have been pointing to your arrival. Oh, we thought maybe 40 years ago or 50 years ago that that was it. No, God still had seeds planted. And those seeds had to come up and manifest Him. Because you see back in when Brother Branham preached the message when he came and he was a forerunner and he, and he spoke those words, those seeds, a lot of it fell on dry ground or it fell in the ground waiting for your arrival, waiting for the moment that there will be sons and daughters of God. They will catch that word and that word will catch their spirit and that spirit will change their life and they will be an end time people with an end time word for an end time prophecy and they will be the fulfillment of everything that I'd ever spoken. It went over a lot of people's heads in the 50s and 60s, but it didn't go over our head. No, why? Because you are seed. You can be reborn. Not because the seed came as a product of God, but we understand our, or we understand that it's the seed that comes predestinated from God. And because you are seed, you can be reborn again and receive this message. But we find all of creation is groaning and waiting with an expectancy for that divinely appointed end. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. We're very familiar with this. He says, this is Jeremiah speaking, but he's speaking under the anointing of the Spirit. And he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. See, this word expected here is a thing that God has longed. Notice, God has longed to give you an expected end. God has been waiting on that day that he would have a bride. God has been waiting on that day that when he would come, that he would find faith. That he would find the people that would believe his word. Notice, not a nation that's going to come to a devastation or come to an end, but he's going to bring them a future and a hope. And this word in here is a reward. So God has been longing for the day that he was going to bring his people to their reward. Oh, my church. We're here. Come on, let your face know you're here. Let your neighbor know you're here. We're here. We have arrived. 
Now, I know I shared this the other night, but I'm going to share it again because it fits perfectly where I'm at today. But at our youth camp, Brother Donnie was in the back, and he began to prophesy, and he interpreted. And his prophecy to the brothers, he says, I have waited for this time for so long to show my majesty. See, God knew the expected end, and here he comes through a man of this hour, one that was going to be a manifested son of God, and he would bring him up into a heavenly place that he would catch the inspiration from God. And he said, I've been waiting for so long to show you my majesty, to show you my sovereign power, my authority, to show you the splendor of my quality and my character. And he would tell him to preach the gospel. Notice we're charged to preach the gospel, to manifest the word of God. Not with just teaching of it through theology and, and through psychology, but make the word do what it says it will do. That's the expectation of sons and daughters of God. And he says, I will be with you, my sons. Be not afraid of the devils. Go back and be charged in the spirit. This is the time you have been longing for. Notice. God's been waiting for this time from the very thought that he had of you in the beginning when he spoke those thoughts. God knew there was going to be seven church ages. God knew there was going to be a people in the final age. And when you came under the anointing of the Spirit and that seed gene on the inside of you came to life, now you've been longing for that same revelation that I am the fulfillment of all the prophecies. I am the fulfillment of all the scriptures. We are here, church. We've been waiting for it. He's been waiting for it. I said the wait is over. We are the manifestation of the sons of God. We are the ones that God has prophesied about. We are the ones that are no longer coming. We are here and we're ready to take a body change. Think about the world that we live in. What if it went another 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Think of where we would be as a society. The world continues to deteriorate continues a downward spiral into depravity and God has longed for the day to bring his people to a, a reward, an expected end. See, God has desired plans for those that trust him. It's not an expectation of destruction. It's not an end to where we cease to exist, but it's a future. It's a hope. Notice, it's a promise of a new body a body like his own glorious body. A promise of eternal life, never to grow old. And that's where the old people just shout, Amen. Come on, I know you got it in you. Never to grow old, never to mention the word cancer ever again. Never a down moment of discouragement, never a time without peace and joy. Oh, won't that be a time? Oh, this is not pie in the sky, sand castles in the air. This is reality. This is where we are headed, church. We're on the cusp of a body change. We're on the cusp. Why? Because we even now in these sinful conditions, not that we're sinful, but our bodies have not yet been born again. Our bodies have not yet received their adoption, but our souls have received the adoption. And the prophet of God said, we got the earnest. Oh, church, we got the earnest. What is that declaring? What we got in part, we're going to come into the fulfillment of a total body change where we fully manifest sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Y'all excuse my joy this morning. I've been waiting months to preach this to you. 
Oh, hallelujah. It's an expected end. It's a desired end. It's in God's plan. It's in God's his desire. His purpose was to have a bride, and the bride is here. His purpose was to have a church without spot. Let me tell you, she's not spotted up and she's not wrinkled up in the bed of some denomination, but she's a perfect church. She's a perfect body. Oh, she's in love with a perfect Savior and a perfect God. It's time that when the sons of God begin to manifest His majesty. You're not, we're not to manifest our own ideas and our own thoughts. We're to manifest Him. To manifest his word. We're living in a day where there'll be fully adopted sons. To be fully adopted. Though you got the Holy Ghost, you're not fully adopted. But there's coming a day, church, where we'll be fully adopted. Oh, my. Travel like a thought. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Won't that be nice? Man, run out of gas on the way to church. You have a bad day, but there'll be a time. You ain't got to worry about gas. We're going to travel like a thought. Man, I tell you, I'm looking forward to that day. Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Brother Brandon would take Romans 8, 19, and he would preach the adoption series from it. Notice the seventh angel. The seventh messenger would take one scripture and he'd begin to preach the adoption series. The adoption series is the placing of the sons in their position. Notice there's been denominational ages. There's been the dark age. There's been this and there's been the reformation age. But all that did not place sons and daughters of God in their position. But God knew in the end time he was going to send that final voice. And he was going to be the mouthpiece to this age. And what was he going to do? He was going to take all the loose ends from all the previous ages. And he was going to tie those loose ends up. And he was going to come with one great message. And it was a message to the church that you hadn't, you wasn't always this. You wasn't ever a pig but you always was a sheep and because you always was you always will be you always was my son but now hallelujah I'm going to place you as a son of God I'm going to put my stamp of approval on you and I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost and you're going to be sealed in until the day of your redemption notice now this is not merely Romans 8 19 is not a future event where we get our glorified bodies, though part of that may be. But this is the placing of sons in their position of power and authority now. The power and authority over the enemy now. It's time where this fallen humanity, this is time where fallen humanity has been so filled with the Holy Ghost. Where once sin nature controlled you, now you control sin nature. When once those thoughts controlled you and dictated how you did, now you control those thoughts. Now where you had those complexes and those mind battles and, and all these generational curses that would come down and influence your decisions, now through the power of the Holy Ghost as manifested sons, now you influence that decision. You pull down the stronghold. You pull down and you bring, in, and you bring everything subject to the word of God. I am a son and because I am a son, I'm going to reject this thought. I'm going to reject this lie. I'm going to reject this feeling. I'm going to reject this complex. Why? Because I am I am a son of God. And I got the earnest. I got the down payment. Oh my. Adoption 
Number two, he says, we're now coming to this great hidden mystery that's been hid since the foundation of the world and now being revealed in the last days to the sons of God. You believe that to be true, that the sons of God are manifested? Do you believe that to be true? That's not just a question on tape. Do you believe that to be true, that the sons of God are to be manifested? See, now the whole of creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But he says, now Paul is going first, or going to first place the church exactly where it belongs. See, now it's in the promised land. That don't mean that you're immune from sickness. It doesn't mean that you're immune from troubles. But it does spell this. He says, now let this sink deep. It says that it's yours just to rise and take it. So saying, even though you have the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mean that you're immune from sickness or you're immune from failures, you're immune from disappointments. But he says, let this sink deep. It means that it is yours. You don't have to stay in that sinful condition or that, that, that complex condition or, or whatever it is. You can arise and take the promise, take the word, apply the token to your experience, apply the token to your home, apply the token to your marriage, and believe that what God said, you can have it. He says, you give me a church tonight, a group of people perfectly, perfectly in the promise of God with the Holy Ghost walking in the Spirit. He goes, I'll challenge any disease or any affliction or anything there is. Oh, my. Come on, church. Notice, with the Holy Ghost. Are you got the Holy Ghost? How many of you got the Holy Ghost this morning? Then we can challenge any sickness. We can challenge any, uh, any affliction. We can challenge anything that there is. And not only challenge it, but know that we're going to come out on the other side more than able, more than conquered. I ask you this morning, is anything too hard for our God? If he can take a 90-year-old woman and he can turn her back to a young woman that she desires of a king, what can he do for us? Manifested sons and daughters of God filled with the Holy Ghost. Got his life on the inside. I say, oh, watch out, Satan. We're coming for you. We're coming to take back all that belongs to us. He says, when we walk in Christ, we have spiritual blessings outside of Christ. We have sensations. I don't want sensations. Though I like to jump. I get emotional. Well, because I know there's something on the inside. I heard our, pra- our pastor last night. I don't know if any of you watched the service, but I watched it last night. He says, you know, you take this outlet over here. That outlet's got power in it. You don't see that power, and you don't really feel that power. You can plug something in it, and it powers it up. He said, but if you ever stick your finger in that outlet, you will get emotional. What is it? Because you will recognize that the power from the socket come inside of you. And let me tell you, you can't help but to respond. You can't help but to act out. You can't help but to get emotional. Why? Because that thing has got a hold of you. It'll shake you. It'll make you scream. It'll make you shout. Why? And that's the same thing I'm talking about this morning. When you get the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, it'll make you shout. It'll make you jump. It'll make you scream. Why? It's got a hold of it. Oh, what am I talking about? It's manifesting sonship. It's letting you know who you are. It's got a hold of me, Brother Joe. Don't let it go. Notice. An earnest expectation. The whole creation is waiting for the manifestation. What is the manifestation? Making known. The whole world, the Mohammedans over yonder, 
They're looking for it all around, everywhere. They're looking for it. Where is this people? Everybody's wondering. They're looking. They're looking. Well, look no longer. We're here. Everybody's looking. He says, what's everything waiting on? The whole creation is waiting for, for the manifestation of sons of God. It's waiting for the church to come into its position. Oh, my. Come on, young people. It's time to get in position. Come on, mom and dad. It's time to get in position. It's time for you fathers to be leaders in your home. It's time that you quit kicking the can down the road and letting the wife have the responsibility of being the head. It's time that you get in your position. Wives, it's time for us to get in, or not us, but you to get in your position. It's time for the sons of God to get into the position that they've been called to. Not out of position. Everything is waiting on us. Everything is waiting on us. Let me tell you, if the Muhammad is waiting on me, I'm getting in position. Oh, no, it's waiting for the church to become in its position. Who are the sons of God when Adam, where was his domain? It was the earth. He had domain over the earth. Is that right? He wasn't Eli, Eli, Elohim then. He was Jehovah, see? That is, I am God. I've made some lesser ones under me. I've given them dominion. And in their domain, the dominion under them is the earth. Man had dominion over the earth. And all the creation is waiting for the sons of God to be manifested. Otherwise, they're waiting for the sons of God to have dominion once again. To take your position in rulership over the earth. How about let's start with this earth? How about let's bring this earth under subjection to the word of God. Bring this earth. Show that I am a son by bringing this earth under control. Not just with mouth. Oh, well, I'm a, I go to Brother Tim's church or I believe God's in a prophet. And yet this earth doesn't line up with this message. I'm talking about this earth, this message, all lining up together, declaring that, yes, I am a son and daughter of God because my life lines up with it. And not only my life lines up with the word, but his spirit is flowing out of my life and it's manifesting itself, declaring that, yes, I am, in fact, a son and daughter of God. Is that okay this morning? Notice God is trying to place his church in position to manifest himself. God is trying to place his church in position to manifest himself. Getting one that he can work through like this and say, there's my spirit flowing freely. And we got churches today, they want to throw off on our church and they want to criticize because we are free because we invite him to have rulership and dominion to flow freely. And I'm not going to get into that this morning. But notice he says he wants to be in a place where his spirit can move freely. He says, how do you judge him? By the way that he stays with the word, right with the word. That shows that you know all men. It's by the way that he stays with the word. If they speak not according to the word, then there's no life in them, says the Bible. Lead them away. He says, now tell me, my brother, Tell me, my sister, when was there a time that the sons of God was ever to be manifested outside of this time now? Adoption series four, part four. 
When were there ever a time in history that, that manifests the time to deliver all nature? The nature itself is groaning, waiting for the time of the manifestation. Why? Before the atonement was made, before the Holy Ghost was ever poured out, before all the Old Testament on down there, there couldn't have been a manifestation. It had to wait till this time. See, now all things have been brought, coming, shaping up to this headstone, to the manifestation of the sons of God coming back and the spirit of God coming into these men so perfectly until their ministry will be so close like Christ till it will join him in the church together. Their ministry and the ministry of Christ will be so close together. Because why? Because they are manifesting him. Where he opened blinded eyes, they opened blinded eyes. Where he healed the lame, they healed the lame. Where he raised the dead, they raised the dead. He's talking about raising it. Yeah, out of your dead, dark, denominational views. You have come to life. You don't think Jesus got excited about his word? And that's where we get excited. It showed through David's life. When David saw the Ark of the Covenant coming home, he didn't just sit there and look at it like a wart on a pickle, all puckered up as we spoke about the other night. No, David was excited. The Word is coming back to its rightful position. And I'm telling you, sons and daughters of God, the Word has returned. And we are the people now that to welcome the return of the Word. That should do something for us. I'm not telling you to jump up and down and bubble your heads, but I'm telling you, it should excite you. Something should excite you because why? The same ministry of Christ. And he said, David is a man after my own heart. So God saw in David, if he could have responded, God would have jumped. He would have shouted. Why? Because the word was coming back to a people to place the people in their homeland. And I'm telling you, we are here. There's a people in the land today that's been positionally placed back in the homeland of the word of God. No more denominational views. No more man-made ideas. No more traits being handed down and traditions being handed. Now we are back home, church. We are the people of the open book. We are the people of the promised land. We are the people that are men Manifesting sonship. The time is now. We're not waiting on it. I'm not looking for another special meeting to come so I can get in my sonship, so I can get in my position. No, the time is now. Now all things have been brought, coming, shaping up to the headstone, to the manifestation of the sons of God, coming back and the spirit of God coming into these men so perfectly. Until their ministry will be so close like Christ. Notice, so close like Christ that it will join them together. Join him and the church together. See, all the creation has been waiting for the seventh angel. They've been waiting on him to come and take the loose ends and tie it all together. Because it's been prophesied. In the days of the voice... Oh, that's not tomorrow. That's not next year. That's not another messenger coming. It's our day. That voice had already spoke. Now we are the fulfillment, John. Take the book, John. Eat the book, John. Digest the book, John. And prophesy again, John. John, type of the bride who is now coming to position. See, the book's not going to stay in his hands. For there's going to be a people that's going to be a match piece. 
So what was in that book is now in them. And what was on his lips is now on theirs. Notice now, all of creation had been waiting until man would start displaying the attributes that God placed there before the foundation of the world. Some of you will cry, some of you will shout, some of you will scream, some of you will dance, some of you won't do nothing. But God still placed attributes of himself on the inside. And whatever those attributes are, they're going to manifest. Now I got a son over here, tall. Well, I say tall. We're not really a tall family, are we? Stand up, Joseph. He's about five foot nine. Okay, five foot eight. There you go. I went to the doctor the other day. I've been swearing I've been five foot six and a half for 20 plus years. Oh, actually longer than that. I'm 48, so probably about 30 years. I've been five foot six and a half. I got my bubble deflated. This little nurse come over there. She said, get on the scale. I'm like, you really going to weigh me? She said, I got to. Well, that wasn't so bad, Brother Mike. I'm not that bad. But when I, she measured my height, five foot five and a half. I'm like, no, that ain't right. She said, look, it's right, but I'm going to put you down for five, six. I said, you got it. <laughs> said, you made my day. I said, I've been going all this time through my life thinking I was five foot six and a half. You cheated me by a whole inch. Well, at least she gave me half an inch back. But this is my son. We don't look alike. He's good looking. Got beautiful blonde hair. I got none. He's got big muscles. Mine are failing me. And you look at us and you may not, you can sit down, you may not see the attributes of the father inside the son because maybe we don't look exactly alike. But if you get close enough to us and you're around us, you'll see some of the same attributes that I possess begin to flow out through his life. Now, y'all know my daughter, Rebecca. Everybody knows Rebecca. She's a little Joe Adams, right? Because the very same nature, the very same spirit almost inside of me is inside of her. And she's a little fiery thing. And, man, she gives everything she got. Why? Because it's not about impersonation. It's about something on the inside now manifesting what's always been there. And it's pointing back. That's Joe's son. That's Joe's daughter. And what is the father saying? When you begin to manifest those attributes, you're not some son of some denomination but no that's my son that's my attribute that's my daughter because the very attributes on the inside begin to flow out they take the word they hang on to the word they say amen to the word that's nothing but the truth what are they doing they're reflecting the attributes of the father see there's people today they can impersonate we know Andrew Glover. Have you ever been around Andrew? He's very good at impersonation. Andrew's good. Some people have it. I don't have it. My son's pretty good at it. Man, he can impersonate voices. But you take people, they can learn how somebody articulates a word or how they drag out a word. Or maybe they, they learn how to do the hand motions and how they jump, you know, I have to be anointed to do that. My wife said, watch it. I'm do all that dancing on that platform. But you find they can just impersonate. Because they study the life. They study how they, they articulate and how they move and how they, their mannerisms. But I'm not talking about impersonation. Because see, that impersonation is only a fake replic replication of that person. But you take somebody that's born again, who's born of the same spirit. It ain't something that's got to be trained. It ain't something that's got to be studied. It ain't something that's got to be taught. No, it comes out freely because it's always was in there. 
It always was. It always will be. And let me tell you, under the right atmosphere, under the right anointing, it begins to show itself. And you can declare, there's a manifested son. There's a manifested daughter. What is it, church? It's about manifesting sonship. How can we take a young Mariah Pruitt who lost all her hair without a piece and she come in a prayer line and she brought some bobby pins and said, when I come through the other side, I'm going to put these back in my hair. What was that? She was manifesting something that was already there. It was a promise of restoration and God restored her glory. What am I telling you? Look, she didn't train it. She didn't put a wig on and make it up. No, God began to restore. And what am I telling you? The same attributes in the Father is in you this morning. The same life, the same power, the same anointing, the same Holy Ghost. And the prophet God said, she is him. You ain't got to work it up. It's going to work itself out. It's going to come out freely. What's in you will come out of you. If all you can think about is the world and the things of the world and pornography and bitterness and hatefulness and grudges, that's just going to flow out. Oh, but if you ever become a manifested son, there'll be peace in the valley. There'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. There'll be healing. There'll be deliverance. There'll be the manifestations of the word of God. You won't put it back for some day gone by. No, he said you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can cast out devils. You can speak with new tongues. We can have the manifestation of the nine gifts of God in the church. And he said they should be in operation in every local assembly. But people today want to put them back. We don't need that anymore. We got the revealed word. It must not be too revealed if you can't even keep the simplicity of it. Let me move on. Notice, manifest of sons, manifesting the attributes of the Father. His life, his word, his attributes, his glory, his person, the works that he did, we do. Well, you're just trying to be Brother Brown. No, I'm just trying to be God. That's what I'm called to be, to manifest him. And what he did, I can do. The supernatural that he displayed, you can display. He healed the sick, we can heal the sick. He cast out devils, we can cast out devils. See, we're waiting, waiting for the time that fallen man, filled with the spirit of God, will begin, will begin to manifest the authority over the enemy. That's what he's been waiting on. And when he gets that bride ready, and she's completely in one mind, as Brother Aaron taught, one accord, one purpose, one vision, singleness of heart. God's going to come and he's going to change that body. And it ain't going to be one by one. It's going to be collective. We're all going to change at the same time. I say, oh, get ready, church. Man, Jerry Shaw's going to come walking through the door. Karen Pruitt's going to come walking through the door. Jerome Buss going to come walking through the door. There's going to be a many of them come walk. It may be this Sunday morning before service is over. We got a promise. We got something to look to. What is it? The word being restored. We know what to look forward to. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, we're going to be changed. Oh, let me tell you, sin's got to take its hold. It can't hold you any longer. All the depression and all the anxiety and all the frustrations of the world, they can't hold you any longer. While we're sons and daughters of God manifesting his word. Notice we're not to manifest our own ideas. But we're to manifest his word. His attributes. His purpose. His plan. That's what we're to attribute. Notice in Mark 16 and verse 17. 
Bible says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, Brother Brown didn't say that, but Jesus did. So Jesus is telling us, giving us something to look forward to. This is how you will know that they're believers. Notice, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. On and on and on. And the word signs here is miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him. And also, it's, it's by which men prove that the cause that they are pleading is God. See, it's going both ways. Signs follow, miracles and wonders follow them. It declares that, hey, this man is sent by God, but it's also declaring that that man is declaring that God's word is truth. And this is what happens when you believe. And Brother Bram says this in the message, the unchangeable word of God. How many believe that his word is unchangeable? The Bible says these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. God makes a distinction. He gives a mark on the people. If he believes, notice now, if he believes, then these signs shall follow them that believe. That's right, the believer. Not they that they say they believe or not those that suppose that they believe, but the real believer. And he says, I want to belong to a church that's got them signs and wonders following it. Whoa, that takes all the skepticism out of those that don't want... The signs and wonders. They don't want the supernatural in their midst. But your prophet did. I want to belong to a church that's got them signs and wonders following. That's where I want to have my fellowship. Right under the blood of Jesus. Where angels and powers and the Holy Ghost. And God works back and forth through his church. Through his people. Showing signs and wonders. He goes, I think for me. This is another message. It wasn't so from the beginning. I think that for me. I want to worship and to worship with a church who believes the full gospel and preaches every word of it and practices every word of it. Go back to the full gospel, back to the power of God, back to the Holy Ghost, back to the beginning and receive it like they did at the beginning. And he says now, and it will bring forth the same results that it did in the beginning. Because he's, he, he's unchangeable. So the way they acted... In the upper room, not Azusa. We're going beyond Azusa. But how they acted in the upper room was how we're to act. Mary was up there, the mother of Jesus. She had to come out drunk on the spirit. Well, that ain't my nature. Well, it may not be your nature. But you get drunk one time, your nature may change. It may be altered because you come under the influence of something greater than you in your own mind. Notice what he says. Today it reminds me. Many get upset by trying to find great big places and beautiful pipe organs. Those things are all right, but if a church has got a million-dollar gold cross on the top of it, it's got a million-dollar gold organ, and in that church, the Holy Spirit has to ride away, praise God. He goes, I like to belong to a church like that. He goes, but I don't care what it's got. If the Holy Ghost isn't there, it's no place for me. See, I want to be where they preach it like it fell at the beginning. Oh, my I want to be there like that. Brother Brown, you're welcome to even like Tabernacle. You're welcome right here this morning because we're preaching what you preach and you preach what Paul preached and you said they can preach it. You'll be where they preached it like in the beginning. Well, come. We welcome you at even like Tabernacle. We welcome you to come and change hearts. We welcome you to change lives. Look, church, we don't have our own message. We are preaching the message of Malachi 4. We are preaching the message of Revelations 10, 7, and 8. We are preaching this word and this word is the vindicated truth. 
Notice what he says. I don't care what it's got. If it's got the Holy Ghost, if the Holy Ghost isn't there, it's not a place for me. I want to be where they preach it like I fell at the beginning. That's where I know that they got it at the beginning. That's the only thing I know about. The word goes back to the beginning. He says God's infinite. He cannot change. Man changes. Time changes. Kingdom changes. Worlds changes. Churches change. But Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can never change. He's just like that as he was at the beginning. And the same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost of today. And he says, now this is in 1954. And he goes, and I'll admit it. It's been trampled on. It's been made fun of. It's been misinterpreted, misrepresented, and everything else like that. He goes, that's the only the devil counterfeiting, but there's a real genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost that brings the same results that they had at the day of Pentecost. Brings the same results. He said Martin Luther had mechanics and dynamics. John Wesley had them in his day. Pentecostal had them with their day, but what about our day? Oh, we got the mechanics. Man, we got the word. Nobody's had the word like we've had the word. But there's more to just the word than just the word. Because the letter killeth, but the spirit is what gives life to the word. Notice what he says. Now, I'm bringing this all through the message. So don't think I'm coming up with my own ideas this morning or Brother Tim's idea or, or some of these men who are, who are you know, preaching like this. But this is what the prophet thought. This is what God thought about it. And he says, now, what about our day? This is another time the church should be fully grown now ready to meet Christ. Amen. God has sent back the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus Christ, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then he is still the same Messiah, and the life of Christ is in the church, vindicating his word. That that's how God was in the earth in the form of Jesus being the word to make the word live. And the Holy Spirit is today in flesh making the word live in every promise and every wonder. See, that great Jehovah God that created all things brought himself down to live in the heart of you and I. The great Jehovah God stepped out of glory, came down, took on the form of sinful flesh, paid the price of redemption, paid for your inheritance, came down so that you can have his spirit so that you can be a manifested son and daughter of God. He said the gospel is not altogether by the word. The word was made manifest. That's the gospel. The gospel came not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Go into all the world and demonstrate the power. How do you know that that man is sent from God? Because the word that he's preaching is being vindicated. It's declaring that what he is speaking is the truth. Because the signs, the miracles, the wonders are following after his ministry. It declares whether you're a believer or not here today. Because you're believing for the supernatural. How does Sister Alana all of a sudden one day in the back, leaning on the everlasting arm, jump up out of the pew back there and begin to run around and run? It showed that she was a believer in the supernatural ability of God to take cancer from her. Satan put a death sentence on her, but God took it away. And God showed that through a daughter of God, he was going to manifest his word that not even cancer would stand before your prayer. Let me tell you, even like Tabernacle, we believe the power of God. We believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have seen witness after witness after witness. Let me tell you, what more does God got to do to shake us? We are the supernatural power of God. We are the people that are manifesting this word. 
If other churches don't want to manifest it, God, give it to us. Let us be the fulfillment this morning. I'm not here to kick any other church down, but let me tell you, I'm not going to look at them and say it ain't for me. Let me tell you, if you don't want to believe in it, that's fine with you and your congregation. But for me and my church, for me and my family, we're going to take God at his word. We're going to believe this message. We're going to believe for the supernatural. We're going to believe for a body change. We're going to believe when we lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. We're going to believe it. Why? Because we witness it time and time and time again. We've seen hair restored. We've seen eyes restored. We see cancer relief. We have seen the manifestation of the sons of God. Those that declare this is who he is. Amen. We're not waiting on it. It's here. That's Brother Bam says now, and the gospel is not altogether by the word. The word was made manifest is the gospel. The gospel come not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Go into all the world and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit to all nations. Now, instead of that, we begin to teach theology. We begin to teach. See, God doesn't want believers to merely teach theology. But those that are to believe are to, to believe that the word that has been spoken will be made manifest. That we can still have altar calls. And young people, not just young people, but even those that have needs can meet God at the altar and have their needs met. It was at an altar where my daughter Lauren, when I was preaching a youth service there in, in Pawnee, Oklahoma, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What if she was not given that altar? What if she wasn't given that opportunity? But see, there's still men that preach you can have an altar call experience. God's still casting this, saying for the sheep, saying for the fish, saying for those predestinated ones. What about those that come into a prayer line? And they know they come through there with some kind of faith that when they get to the other side, their promise is waiting on them. You know, Brother Brown preaches a message and he brings up this young boy who had polio and he said, you know, he, they tried to get him on the uh, to get him to the prayer line, and he couldn't get there. He could never get it. But he said that this young boy finally they put him on the platform, and Brother Brown had a chance to talk to him. And he says, "Brother Brown, he says, do you got a word for me?" He says, "Yeah, this this what happened to you?" He said, "Yeah, that's right." He said, "You know, you got polio." He said, "Yeah, that's right." He says, "What about my healing?" He said, "By his stripes you are healed." He didn't see a vision of him. He didn't declare this. He said only what he did. He, re, he, re, he, he recited the word by his stripes. You are here. And that young boy stricken with polio in a wheelchair, he went back home and he began to confess by his stripes. I am here. He wasn't manifesting the, the, the preacher's word. He wasn't manifesting a prophet's word. He was manifesting God's word. And a group of preachers came down there and said, you're causing a reproach. He said, let me tell you, he goes, if you were sitting where I'm sitting, if you was in the chair that I'm in, would you try to rob me of my only hope? Let me tell you, church, this is the only hope of the bride. It's preaching the power. It's preaching the supernatural. It's preaching the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Why do we want to rob it? Why do we want to strip it from the people? You may have an altar call experience this morning. You may have hands laid upon you and God meets you. Why would you take that and strip it from the people? Don't rob them of their only hope. He goes, Brother Bam says now, and I'm trying to wrap this up, but I'm going to keep on preaching because we ain't got but one service today. 
He goes, we have so much of the mechanics and not the dynamics. This is after the opening of the seals. So just cool your jets. It's all good. Signs of this time, 1963, November 13th. Now, my body is the mechanics, but my body will not operate without the dynamics of the spirit. Now, how many of you ever woke up and you just lethargic, sluggish, can't hardly move? Come on, come on, somebody. You old people, raise your hand. If ain't nobody ever felt lethargic, you know when you get older, boy, this body starts dragging. You can't hardly make it. I tell my wife all week, man, I'm tired, I'm tired. She goes, man, what's wrong with you? You got COVID. I said, I don't know, but I'm tired. What we find here, see, that's just my body. That's just the mechanics. But there has to be a spirit that will come and anoint the mechanics and raise that body off the bed or raise that body off the couch or raise that body out of the chair and get that body to function the way that that body was supposed to function. Let me tell you, we've got so much on the mechanics, the mechanics, the mechanics, the word, the word, the word, the word. The bride knows what he wants done with the word. Yeah, she wants, he wants the spirit to anoint that word, to make that word live. That's what the bride knows. That's what the bride expects. That's what God is doing. He's manifesting himself through a bride that knows what he wants done with the word. He says, now my spirit operates my body, brings it into control. He goes like an automobile with no gasoline in it. Man with no fire and power, no matter how many, how fine the dynamics or the mechanics is fixed up, the cylinders, the points, the plugs, whatever more, it's got to have a current. You've got to take those together. So you've got to take the mechanics and you've got to take the dynamics. And you've got to marry them two together. And when you put the two together, oh my, you give a good crank on it, it's going to fire up. Man, there'll be hands being clapped, amens being shouted. Somebody may stand to their feet. Oh, I heard the other day in Wednesday night service, poor little sister said, oh, I wish somebody would have stood up. She goes, I felt like running around. What was there was a spark hitting the gasoline that was on the inside. Something was igniting on the inside. Let me tell you, that's what happens when the spirit comes to the mechanics. He said, until the church becomes both dynamics and mechanics and the spirit of God that moved him do the things that he did, if he hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. For he said in John 14, 12, he that believeth on me and the works that I do, shall he do also. See, I'll give him charge of my dynamics in his mechanics. That's the world will not be able to withstand that. It'll raise him up in the last day. See, the mechanics without dynamics is no good, and neither is the dynamics without the mechanics. He said, you can scream, jump up and down all you want to, but if you deny the word, it won't do you any good. You scream, jump, shout, and all that, but you, you, you got all the spark, but you ain't got no gasoline. He goes, it only works as they come together. If you, just won't, if you just won't move, no matter how good the mechanics is, until the dynamics come. When the dynamics come, that fire is made to connect with the octane and the gasoline. And when that explodes, it causes a combustion. And that combustion moves every motion. Well, why do you jump? I guess I got lit. Why do you say amen? I guess there's a spark on the inside. Some of y'all see me when I fly up out of that chair. Man, I'm telling you, it's just something in me. I'm thinking, man, you look stupid, but it don't matter. It's just flying out. Why? Because the spark is hitting the mechanic. Because the word is there. The word is being preached. But not only is the word being preached, there's a spirit that comes out and anoints the word. And I can't stay in my seat. I jump up like popcorn. 
anymore. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. It's here. He's here. What the Spirit anointing the Word and making the Word live. Making the Word say, yes, that's nothing but the truth. And if it can do it for me, it can do it for you. If it can do it for Hattie Wright, it can do it for you this morning. It can do it for your kids. It can do it for your son. It can do it for your daughter. It can do it for your loved one. He's still the same God. And he's still manifesting himself. Notice now. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 25. He said, there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. If one member be honored, then all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body. You are the body. And the members in particular. And God had set some in the church. Notice what he placed in the church. He placed first apostles. Secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers. Miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongue. Then we find in Ephesians 4 and verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting to bring the church to manifestation, for the perfecting of the, of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. And then the message of Smyrna Church Age, Brother Ram says, God never intended a church to be run by man. God runs his church. He runs it through the gifts of the spirit. And the gifts of the spirit is in the church to correct the spirit. Or to correct the spirit. He's got five ministerial offices in the church. Notice. Five ministerial offices. Prophets. Ministerial. Teachers. Ministers. Evangelists. Ministers. Pastors. Ministers. Missionaries. Ministers, all of them are ministerial offices. Saying, what's it for? For the perfecting or the manifestation to bring the church to her perfection. See, God placed in there. So, what we need today, we need anointed teachers. Come on, church, we need anointed teachers that will teach the hidden mystery truths of this word. But what we don't need is for those teachers to incorporate psychology. As a replacement to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What we don't need is for teachers to preach that the days of miracles is past. What we don't need is for preachers or teachers to say that we don't need an altar call experience. Or we don't need prayer lines anymore because we have the word. What we need for teachers to do is teach the fundamental truths of this message. And lay the foundation. And what we don't need is for evangelists to throw darts at those teachers because, why? Because they're preaching about these things. What we need to do is marry the three, the other five gifts together because it's for the perfecting of the body. Look, don't, get, don't disagree with me because, because you can't in your ministry bring the power of God down. You're not called to do that. You're called to teach it. You're called to lay the foundation. The evangelist is called to take the mechanic of what you've been teaching and marry it up with the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God move in the church and perfect the body of Jesus Christ. But we find today we got teachers, we got pastors, we got preachers, and we got evangelists, and we're all fighting one another. And it should never be that way. We need both mechanics and we need dynamics. Look, I tried to teach. My goodness, y'all see how that works out. Man, I wish I could dig deep and find those mystery truths, but it just ain't in me. 
but I'm not complaining. I'm not throwing off and saying we don't need teaching. We need it. The body needs it. Our young people need the foundation of this message. So we need both teaching, preaching. We need apostles. We need pastors. We need teachers. We need it all. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's able today to deliver like he did yesterday. He's able to heal like he did yesterday. He's able to save. What we don't need is just intellectual talks. Brother says now, he says now, our intellectual talks, which is fine, but I only wish, he goes, I only wish I could do that, but that ain't what counts in the sight of God. It's the Holy Spirit. God never did ordain such. He ordained and he commissioned the church to go and preach the gospel, and the gospel is not intellectual. The gospel came not in word only, but through power and demonstration, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's what brought the gospel, and that's what we need today. Quit fighting. We just need to preach the gospel. You ain't got to believe it. If you don't want to believe it, you can spit the seed out if you want to spit the seed out. But we're going to preach the manifestation of the gifts. We're going to preach the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to preach the anointing that is to follow the believers. Signs and wonders. The miraculous, the supernatural will follow. It's a vindication. It's proof that he's here. Can I say it like this? You are proof that he is here. Because he is manifesting through your life, through your being, in your low moments, in your dark valleys. He's manifesting himself the same. That he's still God. Notice, preach the gospel, not word only, but making the word manifest. Brother Branham said, someone said not long ago, Brother Branham, preach the gospel. He said, I do that, doctor. He goes, not divine healing. He said, preach the word. He says, well, the word is what I preach, sir. He said, Brother Branham, he said, the gospel is the word of God. And Brother Branham says, I said not altogether. See, the Bible said the gospel come to us not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. To preach the word, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. So we, wanna, we want to preach the gospel. We want to preach it. We want to manifest it. We want to declare that it is the same, that he is the same. We're not we're waiting on somebody else to come. We are here. It is here. So signs follow. Signs following is the dynamics of the mechanics. It is proof that the word works. And Brother Bam says this. He says, now our ministry has changed it over. They want to say that there's real believer. I tell you, he loves the Lord. He goes to a church every Sunday. He draws or he pays his dues in the church and he treats his neighbor right. He goes, that's just moral acts. The Holy Spirit in the man demonstrates the power of the supernatural. That's what makes him a believer. It's God vindicating that he is a believer. Amen. And Brother Branham was contending for the faith that was once delivered. You see, he fought against the same spirit in which we're fighting against today. Church of Christ spirit. Says the days of miracles is past. We don't need that anymore. Now we have the word. He defended and defended and defended his stance on divine healing, on laying on the hands, on witnessing, and all these things. Brother Branham defended it until his last day, his last breath, until 1965. He continued to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. So notice here, we're waiting for the fullness of adoption. For the fullness of the manifestation. That's when our bodies will be changed from these vile creatures that we are. And we'll have a body like his own glorious body. For we shall see him like he is. We shall be like him. When he appears, we appear in his likeness. 
We will have a body like his, a glorious body. All the trials and struggles of life will fade off in the, in the least miss, in the blow away to, to be no more. He goes, earthly tabernacles were, are now groaning, waiting for the earnest, the earnest for the salvation, fooling for the fullness to come. He says, what is the earnest? It's a little down payment that holds it. And we have the earnest. The Holy Spirit is declaring that there's more to come. It's declaring that now you have authority over sinful humanity, but one day you're going to have complete dominion over this body because this body will be redeemed and no longer in a sinful condition. Notice he says, I don't condemn good looks. I don't condemn their hospitals, good things they do. I think that that's wonderful, God's blessing to the poor, suffering humanity. I don't condemn all these other things. They're doing fine. That's just right. They're just great organizations and millions and millions of dollars. He goes, I sure had that rather than them bootleg joints in the corner anytime. I certainly honor them as ministers standing in the pulpit. But when it comes to gathering together at the end of the dispensation, it'll be waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God in that dispensation. So we have attained an inheritance, church. What is the inheritance? He, Brother Ram says, what is an inheritance? He says, somebody has to leave you something. So we have obtained an inheritance. And how do we get it? By predestination. What is the inheritance? It's a new body. Amen. It's a new body. Yes. Suffering humanity will suffer no more. Amen. Decay in humanity will decay no more. A new body. The body by which God intended you to come with in the beginning. We're going back to that body. Back to the manifestation of the sons of God. He says, inheritance by predestination. I inherited something. What is inheritance? There had to be somebody leave me an inheritance. Why? You say Jesus left you an inheritance? I beg your pardon. Jesus never left me an inheritance. Jesus never left you an inheritance. He only came down and paid for your inheritance. Brought you to Brought you to your inheritance. He put your name on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world and give you your inheritance. See, God chose us. He goes, that's our inheritance. God chose us. My, 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 my. Man, that makes the ugly day look much better. I got an inheritance. You may have looked in the mirror this morning all disappointed, but man, when you realize God chose me, that's my inheritance. That means I'm not going to a devil's hell. I'm not going to a sinner's grave. I got a promise that I'm going to step over a body. I'm going to step into a new body. Oh, church, no matter how bad it gets, how low we get, we got a promise that there's a new day coming. Why? Because we're here to manifest sons and daughters of God. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine and you are the branch. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth, much more, or bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. In the message blind Bartimaeus, he said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's got to be the same in principle, the same in power, the same in every way, only in the corporal body. And he's using us. Amen. Ooh. He's the same in every detail, Brother Derek. Every detail except the corporal body, and he's using us. Wipe the frown off your face, us. God is using you the same as he used his son Jesus. The same spirit, the same anointing, the same power, the same authority. Everything the same, only the body is different. And he's using us. See, Jesus don't have any hands but your hands. He don't have any mouths but your mouth, so be careful what you say. 
He don't have any feet but your feet. Be careful that you leave your feet stuck in one place. And don't move when he wants you to move with them. See, we are the branches. He is the vine. And as the branch, we're not going to manifest a denominational view. As a branch, we're not going to manifest a man-made idea. As a branch, we're not going to manifest cold, formal, powerless religion. But as a branch, we're going to manifest the power of God. We're going to bring forth fruit, and that fruit is going to declare exactly who you are. Notice, if we start bringing this down. See how much time I got. I'm over time, aren't I? Can I go just a few more minutes? He says, there's been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, churches, brides, brides. But there has to come one. Come on, 1965, it's the rising of the sun. He goes, there's got to come one. There has to come a real bride. There must come one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. Make the church live. Move in the power of his resurrection. Can I tell you this morning, you are here. Can I tell you this morning, you are the one. There's been churches, churches, brides, brides. But I'm here to declare to you, those on the stream and those here this morning, you are that one. You are the one that has come, that he has longed for to pour out his spirit and to manifest himself. Oh, the wait is over even tonight. We have arrived. God is here again. And he's here in a multi-member body called the body of Jesus Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. We're not looking for him to come. He is here. Oh, you are that one. All of creation has been waiting for you to get here. Oh, my. Been waiting on you all this time. Not for you to get to even the light, but to you to get to your position in the body. Notice he says now, I claim that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same principles, same power, same everything, all but the corporal body, which sits at the right hand of God in the majesty. But the Holy Spirit is here working, moving, performing, doing just exactly like Jesus did for its proof of his resurrection. So notice this is in 1957. The Holy Spirit is here working, moving, performing, doing exactly like Jesus did for his proof of his resurrection. Who's he doing it through? The people. The body. Jesus is not here in 1957 in a corporal body, but you are. Notice, he says, we're amateur gods in one place. Notice, now, the word and nature is groaning, crying. Musicians, make your way. If you don't come, I'll preach till we, I, I mean, I'll keep on preaching. That Brother Tim anointing is all up here this morning. I tell you, no wonder he preaches so good and so long, because it's good. You make it easy. Notice he said, the world and nature is groaning, crying. Everything is moving. What? For the manifestation of the sons of God. When true sons, born sons, filled sons, and their word is back. I believe we're not. He goes, I believe we're on the border of it right now. Yes, sir. Say to this mountain, let it be done. Oh, brother, brother, I need so-and-so. My crops are burning up. He says, I haven't had any rain. He says, I send you rain in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if the prophet can do that, you can do that it's not haphazard we got a promise you can take the word on your lips and it's just the same as deity speaking he said the word that he left behind on printed pages is a part of him when you accept it by faith into a spirit filled life oh I love this place something if you would he is now Paul said that the word came in power as well as voice 
The word preached actually demonstrated itself like a flaming cutting sword. It went into the conscience of men. And like a surgeon's knife, it cut out diseases and it set the captive free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel, the word. And God confirmed the word with signs following. They were healed. Devils were cast out. They spoke in tongues. That was the word in action. And he said, the word has never failed in the mouth of believing Christians. In the last age, it's here stronger and greater than ever before. In the true bride of Jesus Christ. Are you that true bride this morning? Then let me tell you, the word has never failed in the mouth of true believers. Oh, church, then he's not in heaven anymore. Then he's in you this morning. The one who formed the stars. The one who spoke things into existence. That deity today is living in you. He's living in sons and daughters of God. Manifesting himself. We are. Not will be. We are now. Sons of God. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Don't put it off to the millennium. We don't need to be sons of the millennium, though we will be. But we are sons of God today, this morning, this very minute. You may have had a bad week. You may have had a bad start to this morning. But I'm here to declare to you, you're sons of God. You're daughters of God. you got a word of faith this morning. you got a word of promise this morning. All heaven and earth is behind you this morning. And today, we are now, we are right now, manifested sons. Declaring. That he is here. Oh, church. God is in you. To do and to perform what he's always done. The same Jesus, the same God that walked the shores of Galilee is walking through the streets of Menden. The same God is going to the schools. Same God is coming to Brick Street Coffee. Same God is coming to Even Light Tabernacle. Same God is going to Minden Medical Center. The same God is walking with you. You're taking that God places. Because why? You're manifesting sons of God. Oh, there's an age that don't want to believe this. They don't want to preach this. They, don't, they want to put it off for days gone by. But oh, he's still present. He's still present. He's still here. See, God's life is on display in Satan's Eden. Satan created a need to try to keep you here. But there's something on the inside of us wanting to get back to that Eden. Get back to that perfection. There's something crying out, Brother David, I got to get back. Why? Because that's, that's your real beginning. That's your real origin. That's how we should have came as Adam. No sin, no penalty, nothing. Perfect condition. Although we may be imperfect in this body, Church, we're going back because we have the earnest, the down payment. God bless you today. Brother Mike, won't you just lead us in worship? Oh, church, we're not, we're not waiting for a day to come. We are the manifestation of sons. We are the revelation of his deity. Oh, my. That just sounds good, don't it, Brother Tony? We are the revelation of his deity of his sovereignty. We are the revelation of the word made flesh. No longer is he God above us. No longer is he God with us. But today he's God in us. What a people. Manifested sons. All that God had in his thoughts. You are the revelation. God bless you church. 
Hey, man, go ahead, Brother Mike. Let's have church. Let's worship the Lord.
The storms rage high, the dark clouds rise, they won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. Crucified, 
Here before. 